We're at 13 days into uh, 2019. How you doing so far? Doing good? All right. Everybody's got those goals. They're like just spot on, right? Resolutions going great. Hmm. We wonder about that, right? You know, we're, we're in this series we just started. We're talking about going from surviving to thriving. And Jesus actually talked about the same thing. And uh, one day Jesus said, uh, he talked about the vision that the enemy of our soul, that the devil himself has for our life. And he says, this is what his vision is for your life. It's for my life, your life, everybody. He says, the thief, that's the, that's the enemy of our soul, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You got to know that. You got to feel that. When you, when you follow Jesus, the moment you begin to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a follower of Jesus, he comes at everybody hard, but he comes at us harder. But then Jesus said this, he goes, so here is my vision for your life, okay? I came into this world on a mission, and here's what I want for your life. He says, I have come that they may have life, surviving, okay, I, I want you to live, but then he takes it to a whole different level, and he says, and have it to the full. I mean, God wants us to not, not just survive, but thrive, be happy, live full, full lives, and so we want to ask ourselves the question this morning, how, how do we do that? How do we live uh, our, our best life or a life, the life that God has called us to? How do we live the life that God has called us to? And it all begins with a vision. You've got you to create a vision. A, a lot of you uh, have had a vision, maybe have a vision, continue to have one, about something that you wanted in your life. Maybe it was a house you were going to buy, or a child that you were going to have, the, the marriage that you're still looking for. Uh, maybe it, it's in some other goal that you have in your life, and, but, but it all starts with a vision. When, uh, when my two sisters and I were pretty young, my dad, we didn't know it was a vision, but he'd always come home. We lived in the city, uh, like track homes in San Jose, California, and uh, it was a nice little neighborhood, uh, but dad had always come home with these grandiose ideas of one day having property and horses and cattle and stuff like that, and of course, we, we just thought, you know, dad's just dreaming right? That, that was actually a very crystallized vision that my dad had. We didn't know it at the time, but we would just kind of like, well, dad, there he goes again, man. He's talking about property. And, and my dad had never ventured beyond San Jose. In fact, he had never ventured a few miles from where he was born and raised. And he grew up in uh, extreme poverty. He was a de- depression era guy. Uh, and so when he began to talk about stuff like that, we're like, really? Wow, dad, that, that, that's big. But, but, but he had a vision, it starts with a vision. Do you have a vision for your life, for a good life, for 2019? So if you have your, uh, actually you don't need your Bibles, I'm just going to put it up on the screen. In the book of Deuteronomy, the author is Moses, and uh, we're just going to, what's happening, he's, he's taken to the children of Israel, who you might recall were enslaved by the Egyptians for 400 years. And after 400 years, there's an intervention by God, great things begin to happen, uh, but it's a little delayed because before they get to the promised land, uh, there's 40 years of wandering around the desert. And so finally, one day, Moses gets him to the banks of the Jordan River. And he has this, this kind of this holy pep talk with him before they, they go over. And some, real, real, uh, some instructions that have everything to do with the vision that God has for their, their life. And, and so this is what it looks like. He says to them, and I want you to sort of catch the vision of this because these are people that have really suffered. These are people that when you begin to sort of speak life into them, they're wondering if it could ever really happen because all they've ever known is slavery and hardship out in the desert. 
But here on the, on the banks of the Jordan River, Moses begins to talk to them, and he says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a, a good land. And he begins to describe it. He says, with, with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing into the valleys and hills and a land of wheat and barley. Now, as, I, as I'm reading this, for some of you, you might, this might resonate with you, and you go, well, that sounds beautiful. And maybe, maybe you're, no, I'm kind of a city person. But just I want you to visualize, what would that be for you, that something that you would see and go, I want that. That's what they're seeing. They all want this. Vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil. Man, it sounds like Trader Joe's, really. <laughs> and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you'll lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron, and you can dig copper out of the hill. So he's describing this, and they're like, wow. He, he's trying to, to show them that God is for them, that God, even though they've been through a hard time, God wants to, to give them something good. He wants to bring them into a, a, a good place. You know, I, I don't know what kind of a year that you had last year, but it may be kind of a year that, that you feel like you're coming with a lot of momentum into 2019, and you're going, man, 2018 rocked, man. It was good, and, and I'm, I'm really optimistic about 2019. Or it could just be the opposite, and you're going, wow, 2018 is hard, and I don't know what 2019 is going to bring. I, I know for me on a personal level, it was a mixed bag. Um, there were some really, really good things that happened in my life in, in, in 2018, but there were some really difficult things that happened in my life as well. And uh, I found myself the last couple of months of this, 2018 being kind of in this, this, this um, kind of negative space. I, I got cynical. and I could feel it. It was in my soul. I could just feel it. And uh, it was impacting me. It was probably impacting some of the people that are, that are really close to me. And, and, and I realized, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks and just trying to pray and get myself together, that I, I, I do not want to go into the new year looking like that or feeling like that or, or just with those kind of emotions, with that kind of a mindset. And so you're here today, and maybe you went through a really gnarly divorce last year. Or maybe your, your finances just took a turn for the worst. Maybe one of your kids got way out of control. Something happened in your life, and it really, what happened is you're dinged up kind of like I was dinged up a little bit last year. And there's, there's two different ways you can approach this year. You can, you can walk into 2019 with kind of like, I don't know, and seeing the glass half empty. Or you can, you, can, you can look at the promises of God, the very God who said, I want you to have life, not just to survive, I want you to thrive. I want you to have a good year. Maybe just in this moment, some of you would just grab a little bit of what God said to you and say, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. I, I can believe God for that. I, I believe his intentions are, are, are good for my life. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And I don't know what that land will look like for you this year. It, it could be in the way of maybe your finances, or it could be in the way of a, a relationship that will be healed. That God will bring you into a good place this year. But it always begins with that vision. You have to have that, that vision for it. And, of course, if the vision does not include Jesus, then it's just like self-help kind of stuff. And this, this, is, this morning, everything that I say, this is not just like some kind of a, you know, I think Tony Robbins is a great guy, but it's not just about that kind of stuff. You know, it's not like, you know, the, just the best you, that's great. But we're Christ followers. And, it, and if you're not a Christ follower, I hope you become one. In fact, I, before, this, before we take communion this morning, I hope that you'll invite Christ into your life. Because you're going to discover that you have a lot to look forward to, not only next year, but for the rest of your life, with Christ in your life. He's the key to our vision. And here's one of the things I look forward to every year, and this should be all of our vision. 
that we become more like Jesus. Every year, every year we, come, we become a little bit more like Jesus. Maybe, maybe this is a good question to ask yourself. Are you a little more like Jesus than you were the year before? No. Probably a good question to ask all of ourselves. So this last year, I'm going to talk about us personally, but I'm going to also kind of cast a little bit of vision for, for a new break. This last year, how many of you know that new break is, uh, new break is 10 years old now? And so we, that's cool, 10 years. Uh, and uh, in, in those years, we, we've developed a lot of strategy and thoughts and mission and vision and things like that. And so this year, we came up with uh, a, a vision statement, not just a mission statement, but a vision statement for our church. And, and, and this is it, developing leaders who change their world. And I, now, I, sound, I know that that sounds really huge and almost overwhelming, and you're like, oh, well, okay, that's, that's really cool for you, but you know, I'm not one of those people, but, but you are. You are. Because leadership is nothing more than influence. How many of you are able to influence? Just a little bit, somewhere, somehow. All of us. Every single one of us. If, if you're a parent, you've got influence. If you work with people, you've got influence. Uh, if you live in a neighborhood, you've got influence. If you hang out and surf with people or play basketball with people, you got in- Everywhere we go, we are people who can and have the potential to have influence. And uh, when we developed this, we said that this seems to be what God has been doing for the last 10 years through our church, that we are developing people who can lead. We are developing people who have influence. And, and, and when we came to this conclusion, it wasn't just kind of a shot in the dark. It wasn't like, yeah, it sounds good. It was actually based on, on the Great Commission. And this is the Great Commission. This is Jesus right before he departs from this world, and he says this. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and... Now, th- this is the commission part of it right here. He says, I commission you to go and make disciples of all nations. That's why we do this all, not just here in our neighborhood and our communities, but all around the world we're working to do this. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you and surely I am with you. And this is the great promise. I'll be with you. I'll partner with you to the very end of the age. It's a great vision that God has for our life. And then it takes more than vision. It takes more than dreaming, right? Because if it's just a vision, if it's just a dream, it's, well, then it's just a dream. But you've got to put some feet to that. You've got to get some boots on the ground. You, you have to start making things happen. And that's where we resolve to change with intention. It has to be that thing. and say, okay, I've dreamed it. I have imagined it. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to do something to make it happen. My dad, unbeknownst to my sisters and I, at one point, because he did have more than a vision and a dream, he began to go out and uh, scout all around places that were way, way beyond San Jose, looking for property, looking for a ranch. We, did, we, did, we knew nothing about it. My dad was uh, driving around with real estate agents way back in the day, and, uh, and, and, and he said, you know, this is, this is, I'm going to make this thing happen. My dad has saved a whole bunch of money up. He was a, a good business guy. And uh, he's out there, and he, he's looking around. And, and again, my sisters and I, we, we don't even have a clue about this. We're just like, well, that's cool, Dad, you know. But he, he didn't tell us about that part. That he was actually intentionally looking. So what about it? What about those goals you have for this year? Those maybe possible resolutions you've made? Are you, gonna, are, are you starting to actually do something about it? This is, this is what Moses said to the people that he brought to the banks of the Jordan River, he says, okay, 
So here's the deal. God's got some good things for you. But before you can have all those good things and step into that beautiful land, uh, this is what you need to know. There are choices that will be involved. And here are, are the choices. It says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. There we go. It's okay. <laughs> now choose life so that you and your children may live. Now, who would ever purposely choose death, right? That's just not going to happen. And, and it was, what's interesting is that a lot of times we make choices because they feel good in the moment and they feel like life, but they really bring death. We all, we all get that. On some level, we've all done stuff and it's like, oh man, that was a bad choice. You know, I, I wish I, it just seemed convenient at the time. It seemed like fun at the time, whatever. And now, boy, it's really, it's, it's really turned on me. And so this is what Moses is saying to them. Look, you've got choices to make. Yeah, you're going to come into this land. It's beautiful, and God is going to give this to you. But there will be choices that will be involved. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I set some, some goals. Every year I set goals. And uh, one of the goals that I set last year, and it was a goal that I actually fulfilled, was it was my word for the year, and it was engage. It was engage with people that you normally would not feel comfortable engaging with. And it made it a really uh, fun and challenging year for me. It was, it was, a, it was a stretching year, so I, I felt good about that. But, but if I'm honest with you, I didn't come through in all of my goals. Uh, one of them was that uh, I determined that I was going to learn to uh, speak Spanish. This is for the third year. But, <laughs> so right on, on my bed stand right next to me is Rosetta Stone for the third year sitting there. And there's, there's some choices that I made that got in the way of that. And I'll tell you what it is. The, the, the primary thing that got in the way of Rosetta Stone was something called Netflix. <laughs> and almost every night, you know, there I was, it was a choice. Was, is it Rosetta Stone and learning Spanish or is it going to be Netflix? And so it seemed like Netflix won every single time. And so for me, Netflix stole, and really it was my choice, it, it stole away what, what I wanted. And what I wanted was to learn to speak Spanish. And so this year, what I'm asking you to do is to keep me accountable. Okay, so all of you, anytime you want, you can say, how's it going with the Spanish, Steve? Okay, and hopefully I'll be able to say a few Spanish words back to you, okay? And you'll know that maybe I, you know, I'll know a little bit more than uh, uno, dos, tres about it. So uh, here, here, maybe you've discovered this to be true of your life, that we seldom, if ever, just kind of drift into the life that we want. Have you, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you just like, last year just happened, and you know what? I just became a better person. I didn't do anything, man. I just live in my life, you know, and, and uh, just trying to have as much fun as I could. And at the end of the year, I was actually more like Jesus. I was actually a better person because I, I didn't discipline myself. I didn't even work out. But I just somehow, you know, the year came when I went, I'm a better person. Does that happen? No. No, it doesn't. Why? Why? Because it, it, it requires intention. The intention is I am going to, whatever your vision is, whatever your goal is, I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to make it, make it, make it happen. So, on a church level, at, at Newbreak, we've had a mission statement for quite a while, and I think it's a good one. Some years ago, we, we came together, and we prayed about it, and, and we talked about it, and, and this is what, what we came up with, and, and, and that basically, this, this is, we believe, the vision for all of our campuses, and as we continue to even develop more campuses, we want to connect people with God. That's, that's why we exist right here on this little corner at a school. We want to connect people with God, and everywhere 
you look and everywhere I look, we see people who just don't know God. And we know that if they knew God, it would, it would, it would make such a difference in their life. It would change and everything. So we want to connect people with God. But, but more than that, we want to do it on a relational level. There's different ways that you can help people to know God. We feel like getting to really know people and do life with people is the best way to do it. And that's why we have life groups. That, that's we, we believe that if people do life with other people who are Christ followers, wow, it'll change everything. And, and, and then finally, we're a people that serve. After all, Jesus didn't say, I came to be served. No, he says, I came to serve and give my life away. And that's what we, we find so much joy in serving here. I, I, this, this particular year in 2019, we're going to have a lot of opportunities for service, and we hope that you'll get involved. Uh, we're going to have more opportunities to do service on a communal level, just in our community, than we've ever done before. I just really, God just put it in my heart that this is the year that we're going to try to reach our own communities around here more than we ever have. And I, I hope you'll, you'll get involved with that. And so, question is, what intentional decision am I making this year to choose life? Here's a better question before you answer that question. What, what is it that stole life from you last year? What is it that just, just sort of sucked the life right out of you last year? If you really think about it, and if you're really, really honest with yourself, and you'll say, yeah, that. That habit, or that thing, or that mindset that I had, or whatever it was. What would that be? Because that's, that's a good place to start. Before you, you can really experience life, you got to get rid of the things that destroy your life, or take away and steal your life. So what would that be? I mean, it could be something as small as, for like I said, Netflix. And I'm not, I have nothing against that, but you just got overwhelmed with it. Or it could be something far more serious. Maybe you just begin to drink too much. Maybe you begin to take too many pills of some kind, and you just let your health really get away from you. Maybe, maybe it had to do with your finances, and you got yourself in extreme debt. And man, there's not too many things that feel worse than that. Waking up in the morning and go, man, we are so in debt. How are we ever going to get out of debt? That's why I'd really encourage you to go to that financial seminar this next Saturday. Check that out. It could really help you a lot. Maybe, maybe it's just um, your marriage, and you didn't pay any attention to it last year, and it's suffering for it, and it's stealing life from you, and it doesn't feel good. What would that be? Choose life. What, what, what's the intentional decision you're going to make this year to say, I, I want to experience all the life that God has for me? You know, there's, there's two things that will steal away anything that you want to do. You've got the vision for it, right? And now you have the intention for it. But, but the two things are this. It's procrastination and perfectionism. Procrastination is simply saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yep, one of these days. And then we know that one of these days becomes none of these days. Remember years ago, years ago I bought this book, and I think the title of it was How to Stop Procrastinating. I never read the book. It sat on my shelf for years and years. One day I just tossed it. You know, I mean, but, but procrastination will do that. But, but here's the other thing that will do it. The other thing is that it has to be perfect. The stars have to align. Everything, I mean, it has to be the right setting, the, the right season. Everything's got to line up. And when that happens, then we'll do it. You know what's going to happen? It's never going to happen. Because almost nothing is ever perfect. So at some point, you just have to say, you know, let's just start where I'm at may not be perfect, just, let's just, we're just going to do it. We're gonna, we have a vision for it, 
and we have intention, and let's just, just go for it. Let, let's just get, get after this thing. That's why in the Proverbs it says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere, mere talk leads only to poverty. Okay, it's time to quit talking about it. It's, it's time to actually start, start doing it. Here, here's the, the beauty of being a, a Christ follower, is that we get to leverage the power of God in our life. Otherwise, it's just self-help, right? You are looking at the king of self-help books. And the earlier part of my, I, I, I kid you not, I probably read at least 200 self-help books. And at some point, even as a Christ follower, I thought, let's just begin to leverage more of God and less of Steve. It's worked out really good. Because I realize he's here to help us. He's here to help, help me. And so whatever that, whether that's in your professional life or as, in your, you know, as a parent or whether that's in some other area of your life, leverage the resources of God. They are far superior than the resources that you and I bring to the table. Begin to invite him. Get him involved in all the areas of your life. That's why the Apostle Paul would say this. He says, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He's got a good life for you. He wants to bring you to a good place. But you've got to leverage it. And that simply means, God, I need you. I invite you into all the areas of my life. And then watch and see what happens. And then finally, you've got to develop the means to, to make the changes. You've got the vision. You've got the intention. You have to plan. You have to, you have to, you have to strategize. Means equals cultivating the strategy to live, to live my best life. So my dad came home one day, and uh, I was about 11 or 12 years old, and he goes, guess what? We're moving. And my sisters and I are like, oh, because, you know, when you're like that age, you're like, oh, man, bummer, we're going to move. I'm going to leave, you know, I'm going to leave my school, all my friends and everything. But then his, and his eyes were just huge, and you just tell he was like, like happier than I've ever seen him. He goes, we're moving to a ranch. And my sister is like, I go, what? He goes, yeah, to a land far, far away called Gilroy. And for us, it was a long way away. It was actually about 35 miles away. And he began to describe, we hadn't seen it, and he goes, yeah. And he goes, and we're going to have horses, and we're going to have cattle and chickens, and it's going to be a ranch. And, and you know what? It actually happened. Just, just, just a month later, we're living at the ranch. The next thing I know, my dad's buying horses, and, and man, he was brave. He didn't know the first thing about horses, and neither did I. And, uh, you know, we were, next thing we know, we were on horses, and, and they, were, they were actually riding us instead of us riding them. It, was like, it got crazy. But this is my dad's dream. And, and the way that he made it happen is he began with a vision. And then he said, okay, we're going to take the next step. And he began to look around. And the last thing was he just did it. He plopped down a bunch of money and said, we're going to live this life. You're going to make it happen. Well, let's uh, read a few more verses here. Let's get back to the children of Israel. And they're getting ready to come in to this land. And Moses says to this, this to them. This is actually uh, Orthodox Jews still today is called the Shema. Very, very famous words. Jesus actually repeated these words many times. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are on your heart. And then he says this in verse 7. He says, impress them on your children. You know, the Hebrew word there, impress, uh, it, it actually means to repeat, 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 
Just keep doing it until it's like imprinted on the mind of the child. It's like, it's just like almost tattooed on their brain. So it's just in them. That's what that word literally means. Just impress it on them. Impress, repeat over, over, and over, over again on your children. And talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk, walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. You kind of get the message. Moses is going, don't ever, ever forget that you serve a God who is for you. Don't ever forget that you serve a God who wants to give you life. You serve a God who, who wants to, to bless you. But if that's going to happen, there's always those choices again, right? That means that, means that, that I have to commit to doing my part and then I have to trust God to do his part. That will that will really will partner with God. That's why this is one of my very favorite verses. Uh, it says in, in, in Philippians 4 30, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ. And I think that it would be good in this moment if we actually repeated those words. Because some of you might be sitting here today and you're thinking, I don't know if I could do all those things. I have a goal. I have a vision. I have something that I would like to happen. And seriously, I'm sitting here with a lot of doubt. I'm a little bit cynical. I just don't know. This is one of the promises of God for your life. And the question is, will you believe it or not? So let's say it together. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let's say it again. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. One more time. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And the question is, do you believe that? Will you leverage the power of God for for your life? Because he he wants to help you. Um, There's a guy named Rob Kettling says this. He says, God is working in us, but he doesn't work all by himself in us. You know, when I was growing up, we used to have this expression, let go and let God. Well, that's not entirely true. Because, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll go sit in a hammock and God, you do your deal. That's not what God was talking about. He says, you, you do your part and basically I'll do my part as well. God, he, he changes us, but he does it in us, through us, okay? Like we have to, we have to start and then God gets involved and then he does his, his part as well. So, this is something that I think will help every single one of you in this new year to receive the good things from God, to live your best life possible, the life that God has called you to. And, and I, I have noticed as a pastor for many, many, many years now that when people, for, for instance, when they go to church and when they get involved in, in, in life groups, we call them, and when they, when they serve, that their life just grows. Because, you know, as a pa- you just watch that. As a pastor, you go, whoa, that person just grew so much this year, and, and you just see it, and everybody else sees it. And then you see other people, and, you know, year after year, and they just, it seems like they're not, there's no momentum, and they're not going anywhere spiritually. And, and I, I have a feeling that everybody in here actually does want to grow. I, I think you do. I think that's why you're here this morning. And so here, here's what I'm going to say to you, that why don't, in 2019, why don't you just make it part of what you do to go to church every chance you get if you're in town? Because I, I know sometimes just kind of this mentality of like, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't know, should I go or not? You know, I don't know, it's kind of cold out there, it's 63 degrees. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I should go, man. So you would just make it part of like, this is what I do, I just go. I have never, ever gone to church and regretted it. I always come back and I'm kind of pumped up and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I went, that, that was good. 
So why don't you just make that a part of what you do? Begin the week this way. And, and, and then if you've never been involved in a life group, or even if you have, and you're kind of thinking, oh, I don't know, hey, look it. The reason we call them life groups is because real life happens in them. I mean, amazing thing. When you do life with people, you begin to discover so much about yourself. You begin to feel better about yourself because you discover other people have problems just like you have problems. And you begin to learn so much and grow together. And so, you know, we have, in the next two weeks, we're just going to keep talking about being in a life group. I hope you'll do that. And I know everybody has the same excuse, I'm busy. Hey, look at we're all busy, okay? But it's about priorities. Will you make that a priority in your life? And then finally, serving. And again, we talk about this all the time. And, and God has called us to be people that serve, not just consumers, not just to take a seat, you know, once a week and go, oh, that was pretty cool, and go home. We all need to, to serve. And I don't know about you. I, I, in fact, a lot of you know this. There's something that is powerful and exhilarating about serving. Every time that I serve in some capacity to help other people, I just feel better. I just feel happy. We're going to call on you to do that this year. On your seats, there's a, there's a card right there. And, and it basically, it's just about um, helping you with the, the vision, the intention, and the means. Would you just grab that card? Because... I know how it is. Sometimes in a moment, you're like, yeah, and you have a few thoughts that are throwing, rolling through your mind right now. And So why don't you take a pen and just write down something that came to you today? Like, what is, what is your vision for the next year? It doesn't have to be real elaborate or anything like that, but like maybe just one thing, something really simple. It could be a physical thing, like I just want to be healthier this year. Or it could be a financial thing, you know, I want to get out of debt. Or whatever it is. But that's your vision. And then, and then this is really, really important. Yeah, and, and the intention part, like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to join something? Are you going to start something new on, in, with your devotional life? Like, okay, every day I'm going to pray. Every day I'm going to read the Bible. What would that be? And then the means. Got to make it happen. So here's the plan. All right? So take that. Just take it home with you if you don't want to do it right now. But uh, I, I really highly encourage you to do this. It'll really make a difference in your life. Let me pray for you. And then we're going to have communion. Father, one thing we know, life is, is not simple and it's complex. And there is an enemy of our soul that comes out and tries to steal life from us every day. Never takes a day off. Just coming at us. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you came into this world to rescue us, to help us, and, and, and to actually give us life, a good life, a beautiful life. And so this morning, I, I would first ask, maybe somebody is sitting there this morning, and they just feel so bummed out and depressed, and they just don't have energy, and, and they're wishing things could change. And help them to know, Lord, right now, as they sit there, that they can change. They've got to believe. They've got to trust. They've got to invite you into their life, into their circumstances, into their problems. And, and so uh, my prayer is that for all of us, that in this moment, God, we would be energized to believe your promises, to believe that you actually did come to help us and that we can leverage the resources of heaven itself to live a better life, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.